The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Appleton Sin Shu Chu Mouthful Alright, alright. Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net and writer for so-called fantasy experts. My co-host on the line is AJ Applegarth. What's up, man? Yo, what's going on? Oh, it's been a, a busy, crazy night, man. The kid did not want to go to sleep, so ran down here. <laughs> sure you saw I was super cutting it close. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought I heard you on the line. I said hello. I didn't hear anything back. I was like, yeah, all right, he'll be on in a couple minutes. And then it just, like, tailed off, and on comes the uh, regular music. I was like, uh, yeah, I, just I hope he's on. <laughs> had to make it work. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway, man, um, so tonight's show is going to be our start of our position previews. And – you know, th- this is where this is where you're gonna get the most bang for your buck with the you know, not that we're charging anybody for this, but you know, this this is where you're gonna get the most information. Uh in these next few shows we're gonna be covering all the positions tonight, starting with catcher and first base. Um but right before we get into that though, it would be a this a disservice to everybody if we did not mention, because we mentioned this guy last week, uh, Alex Reyes, the young starting pitcher for the, the Cardinals. He is going to be done for the year. Tommy John surgery. I guess I had read that, and, and I didn't realize this, but he, I guess, had a partially torn UCL uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, let it rest or whatever, and probably got some sort of injection to let it heal, but uh, it's, it's caught up to him and now he's getting Tommy John done for the year. And it's a huge blow for the Cardinals. You know, they were pretty much relying on this guy to, to maybe not anchor the staff. Cause you know, they got Carlos Martinez and, the, and those guys there, but you know, he was going to be a good, a good young pitcher, definitely someone they were going to rely on to help them, help them make the playoffs this year. And, you know, it's a, it's a big blow, but, um, you know, now it's looking like maybe Waka is going to get another shot at the rotation. You know, what do you think about him going forward? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I have mixed emotions about Waka. He has been good and he's been bad and he's been, you know, a starter. He's been a reliever. So I, I really think they need to define a role for this guy. And and I don't feel like they really have yet because they've been bouncing them around. Um, you know, I, I know with the Cardinals, they did that with Wainwright. And, you know, he was their closer, I believe, for the One World Series. Uh, and then he became a starter, and he was great as a starter. Waka kind of started and went the opposite direction as far as I feel like, well, I take that back. I think he, when he started, he was in the playoffs and, and was more of a reliever type. And then that next year they like threw him into the starting role, but now he's back as a reliever. So, I mean, I think 
he can definitely help this team, but they need to define how they want him to help the team, whether it's going to be a bullpen role, a long relief role, and then if somebody gets injured in the lineup, they're going to throw him in, or are they just going to say, okay, well, we've lost our top prospect, um, who we were hoping to count on. Let's just go ahead and move forward with Waka. That's what they need to do. Yeah, I mean, it's going to – I think we're going to see a lot in spring training. There's going to be a big position battle for that fifth rotation spot. I think their their rotation was pretty locked down. I'm kind of blanking on the, the rest of the names here. Obviously, I had three seconds to pull up all my information before the show started, so I haven't gotten that far yet. But, um, you know, the, their rotation was – it seemed like it was pretty set. I, I do remember thinking that, and now it's kind of up in the air. So, you know, again, big news. I don't want to harp on it too much because we got a, a big show ahead of us. So, uh, But, you know, definitely – adjust accordingly and those in dynasty leagues don't be afraid to still draft this guy you know he's gonna be a stud um so i I would take him still in dynasty leagues for sure um anyway moving on to our catcher preview here so the way that the way that we'll we'll do this is i kind of give a a little bit of intro with some draft strategy and yeah you know we did a lot of draft strategy last week and if you haven't listened to it make sure you go back and listen to it all really good information draft strategy prospects um what else did we talk about <laughs> i my mind's spinning right now but what last week uh, oh yeah. yeah prospects draft strategy and um eligibility changes yeah that's right the eligibility thing so you know big baseball primer but i the draft strategy that i'm going to give is a real quick draft strategy for the position um so for catchers this this position feels like it's getting worse every year lately and this is, in my opinion, one of the worst years that I can remember ever. There's really, I guess, six catchers that I'd be comfortable owning. After that, it's like they're all the same. And then, but even with those top six, there's like four that really kind of stand out. And that's if you count Kyle Schwarber. Um, thanks to Yahoo, like we talked about last week in the eligibility discussion, he has eligibility catcher in Yahoo. So I, I still count him. Uh, but, you know, those those four are going to be, you know, Buster Posey, Gary Sanchez, uh, Schwarber, and, um, oh, I should have probably had my rankings up. Um, it's not Castillo. No, not Castillo. Um who would be the fourth catcher? Why am I blanking on the name? The guy in Chicago. Wilson Contreras. Contreras. That's why I was saying Castillo. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's why I was. I knew it was a C name. <laughs> it's just slipping off my tongue there. So, yeah, I was like, you know, what? Again, is, what? <laughs> yeah. With, you know, with, with catcher. I don't know. Sorry. Jonathan LaCroix. We're, we're dumb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, so Jonathan LaCroix, Contreras is number five for me. So, you know, again, like if you go to five and six, you get Contreras and Perez, you know, but again, like they've always got question marks with them and you just never know. Um, to me, it, it, it's top four heavy. Five and six are okay. And after that, it's, they're all kind of the same. They're, they're middle of the road average, 
middle of the road power, middle of the road RBI runs. None of them are getting any steals, really. Um, they're all kind of the same. And so if you miss on the top four, then I really wouldn't worry about it. I just kind of wait. I'll take the last catcher. I'll take the 15th catcher in a 12-team league. If somebody really wants to take backups, it's not going to matter. Yeah. Three weeks into the season, someone's dropping their backup catcher. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, so, as, soon, as soon as that first injury hits, it's like, oh, who am I going to drop? Oh, this guy that I'm not oh, starting. backup catcher that's getting me next to nothing. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. you know, honestly, if you, I just wait on catcher. I, I very rarely take the top four guys because I think they're overpriced because of position scarcity. Um, it's you know it's kind of like taking a tight end in the top three four rounds. Like I just I don't see the benefit. The other guys that you can draft at the same you know at, at the same position of the draft uh, that are going to fill other needs for your team are going to most likely outperform the catcher that you're drafting in that same spot. You know, a lot can be said of the catcher. You know, if you get the top catcher, you can likely find somebody, you know, an outfield later that's going to be just as good as the guy that, you know, yeah, fine. But that can also be said for catcher. You know, you can find catchers that kind of come out of nowhere every year too. So, but more often than not, like your catchers are all just kind of blah and who cares? So, the the biggest thing though, and the biggest difference, and 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 you get this question a lot, is well, what about two catcher leagues? I don't know your take on two catcher leagues. Do you play in any, AJ? I I do not. I don't. I'm trying to think back if I ever even did. Um, I think there was a league I played in for maybe one, two years max. That was a two catcher league, and. I do think at that point you got to be a little more aggressive. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of like not well, not really. I was going to say it's kind of like a two quarterback league. Obviously, quarterbacks are much more valuable, but where the runs on the catchers are going to happen earlier. And uh, I mean, if you're if you're on the wrong end of that run, then you're really hurting. I mean, here again, I don't. I don't necessarily have to go out and get the top guy or one of those top four or five. Um, but I do want somebody in that mid-tier range, um, you know, somebody from, from five to, to 12 maybe as my main guy because it also depends on how many teams are in the, in the league. But, I mean, once you start getting past, you know, really like – 17, 18, 19, 20, they're, they're all starting guys. But after 20, it's probably a guy who might be in more of a timeshare and and might be more of a, you know, a a backup guy. But, you know, the other thing too, that you got to worry about is injuries. So if you're in a two catcher league and one of your guys gets injured, you're immediately looking to try to get his backup. Um, and hopefully he's not already owned. Um, like Nick Nick Hundley comes to mind where, you know, he, he had it made going to Colorado and being able to try to take advantage of that uh, that ballpark there. But he, he was an injury concern all over the place last year. So, 
Yeah. I just don't think he ever really got in a groove there. So that's kind of what I look at with with a regular, you know, two catcher league. Even in even in a single catcher, I would rather have one of those top twelve guys. Well, the you know five to twelve guys, five to fifteen. I think they are kind of similar. They're they're going to get you the same stats going throughout, or or kind of help you. You know, this one will help you in two to three categories maybe, and this one's going to help you in two to three other categories. So, uh, But a lot of the guys are, are low-average guys. Um, you know, like you said, they're not getting any steals. So really, I, I, I try to find the guys that are going to have power, um, you know, especially if I'm in a league where I'm punting average in a Cats league or, or you know, if I'm in a points league that doesn't – average doesn't even matter. So, you know. Not as much. Get no. the power. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you a little bit. I mean, I think we're kind of on the same page with with this whole two catcher deal a little bit. Um, you know, I, the way that I have attacked it before when I was in a two catcher league was, you know, I I went out and I did bid relatively aggressive for one of those top guys. And, you know, no, I never got the top guy because they'd always go, it was an auction league and I never got the top guy, but, you know, they, they would sit there and get, um, Buster Posey back in the day for $26, And I was like, no, thank you. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the first guy that's under 20 and then right under 20. And then I'll take my second catcher for like two bucks. And you know, they usually landed me with like a top six guy and then like a top 15 ish guy and maybe even worse, maybe top 15 to 20. But you know what I tried to do with that, that second guy? Cause a lot of those guys at the bottom, they're awful. You know, they're batting low two hundreds. They're getting you 10 home runs. Like, yeah, 10 home runs could be helpful throughout a whole season, but eh, not really excited about it. A guy that I kind of like at the bottom is Francisco Cervelli. Cause he's not going to kill your batting average. Like those other guys will. Yeah. He's got a few less homers in him. He's got a few less RBI and stuff like that in him, but these guys at the bottom of the rankings are straight trash unless you love 12 home runs. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get you four, but okay. I'd rather take a 270 average and four home runs than uh, a 210 average and 12 home runs. So, like, that's kind of how I would play it this year um, and how I have actually attacked it in years past and been, and been fairly successful with my second catcher um, because of it. So, you know, you just want to get a guy that's not going to hurt you. Um, and, and cause none of those guys are really going to help you at the bottom there, but yeah. Um, so moving on here is, you know, so now the next thing that we do with our position previews is, is we cover, you know, a, a few kind of hot topic questions for the, the, for the, uh, position and immediately comes to mind that the, the first one this year is. Who really is the number one catcher entering in 2017? For years, 
for years it has been Buster Posey, always Buster Posey. He's been the model of consistency when it comes to catchers. He's been pretty, you know, almost elite level when it comes to other positions as well. Like if you look at other like first baseman, he you know, if you ranked him with other first baseman, which he, you know, gained eligibility a couple of years ago, he was always kind of in that like 10, 12 range. Like that's pretty damn good for your catcher. Um, so, you know, but there's some other names that are starting to creep up there. You know, you're some, seeing some people rank LaCroix. You're seeing some people rank Schwarber still. You're seeing some people rank Gary Sanchez. Who's your number one catcher entering 2017? I I think, and and again, it's based on such a small sample size. I really like Sanchez. I mean, he's a guy that I'm going to target. I saw enough out of him that I think he's for real. Um, I would say he's my top option, but I don't know if he's going to be there or if I want to pay up to get that depending on the type of league I'm in. Um, but if not, I mean, I really like LeCroix this year. Uh, I, I think he's, you know, he's finally settled in in Texas. He's going to have a full year there now. You know, it's a, you know, bandbox park in the summer. Um, balls just fly out of that place. So, I really like his prospects there. Um, you know, you, you can't take away anything from Posey. I just, I just think he's got too much name power and too high of a cost that, that I don't want to go after him. I mean, if for whatever reason he's still sitting there in like a fifth round, okay, maybe, maybe I'll go after him. Um, especially if I'm not, you know, super happy with my first baseman. Um, you know, he's a nice stopgap there, and then I can still try to get one of those, you know, 11 to 15 type guys later on to plug in at catcher. Um, so that's kind of how I look at it. But I, I like I like Luke Roy this year. I do like Sanchez. I still think he's my top guy. I think, again, I think the cost – might be trending a little bit high because everybody is all in on him this year. But, you know, he could have a sophomore slump. And that's that's the one thing that I keep in the back of my mind, you know, is this going to happen to him? Look at Schwarber last year. Everybody was all in on him. Well, that he was played, injury related. Four, that's not... four games and then got injured? Well, I know. Yeah. That's what I mean, though. You know, you don't know – you don't wish that on anybody, but – um, you know, unless it's Dexter Fowler screwing the Orioles over, but <laughs> you know, I think you know beyond seeing into the future and knowing whether or not that's going to happen, I think overall Sanchez is going to be the top guy this year. Posey's going to take a, a little bit of a back seat, and I, you know, I can't necessarily say rightfully so because he's been that guy for so long, but that's my thought on how it's going to go in most drafts. Yeah. Um, you know, right now the ADP does have Posey higher, just barely Sanchez is second. Um, I, I'm with you, man. I like Sanchez. I like the potential. Uh, Posey seems like he's kind of on the decline. I mean, look, he's had years and years and years of catching, 
um, that grind that grind wears on you, and it, it really does limit your your entire game. We've seen it happen over and over again with catchers. It's very rare you see catchers, you know, perform very well into their 30s. And, you know, he's he's right at that mark, 29 to 30. It's almost like running backs. It's kind of like 29, 30, they just start to lose it. Um, you know, and, and we've seen it. You know, home runs, everything has started to decline in the last couple of years. Um, you know, maybe we see a couple more home runs than last year. The average, I think, will climb back up. You know, he had a little unlucky with his bad bip. Um, only a 303, which is still solid, but that's not posy. I, I, nothing about his uh, batted ball profile suggested that he should get that unlucky, although he did hit a lot more fly balls than he usually did. Um, so maybe he was just hitting more, you know, pop-ups. Uh, but I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say down on Posey, but I do think we are seeing the start of the decline for Buster Posey. So I'm definitely okay going after Sanchez first. And honestly, I wouldn't be totally against even going after Kyle Schwarber um, ahead of him. My only fear with Schwarber is playing time. Um, He's not going to catch very often. So he's going to have to get mixed into that outfield somewhere and they're they're crowded. So that's the only fear you have with him. You know, I think he's going to start most games, but is he going to get pulled for defense late in games type of thing? So that's kind of where I do slot him a little lower. But, you know, either way, any of those four guys are, are top notch and you can't really argue with any of them. But my pick is Sanchez. And I think you sounded like you agreed. Um, yeah. Now, the only the only question I have, though, is with this knowledge that you know us as quote-unquote experts have from a fantasy standpoint you know not that we're general managers and and managers of baseball teams but is there a point where they look at Posey and say hey we're going to slot you in more at first base to a get you on the you know on the field more try to save your knees a little bit and see how that works out um, and and then slide somebody else in a catcher there to kind of take that load off. And, and if that happens, is he going to be more valuable? I mean, the only reason why you would say he's more valuable there is because he's on the field more. Um, and that was the argument when, like, Carlos Santana moved away from catcher and played first base more, and even DH. Um, but, you know, they said they were going to do that last year, and he and they just didn't. I mean, he only played 11 games at yeah. first. Um, that's, that's awesome, but it's 11 games. Uh, you know, they've got Brandon Belt there, and they, and they seem to like him. So I just don't really see them taking Brandon Belt off the field to slot Posey. Yeah. I mean, like, what's the advantage there? I mean, yeah, Posey is a better player than Belt, but how much better? You know, you're going to give Posey mm-hmm. a day off, just give him a damn day off. Um, so that's 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 my take. But no, definitely a good question. And, you know, that's something I didn't really think about bringing up. Moving on here, though, we've got the Astros, and they have a very interesting situation. Um, Evan Gaddis was the guy last year, um, and – he was awesome, you know, like 32 home runs or something like that last year. 
And uh, then they brought in McCann, and you're thinking, all right, well, Gattis will just DH, no big deal. And then McCann will be the everyday catcher. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Gattis is still going to have catcher eligibility. Then they signed Carlos Beltran. And you're like, well, he can't play outfield anymore. The dude's 39. Um, so Carlos Beltran is going to be the everyday DH. So what do the Astros do with both of these guys? And who do you want more? I think I lean a little more towards Gaddis. Um I like his power potential much more. I I don't – I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how they're going to juggle these three guys. I mean, it's a, it's a good problem to have, obviously. Um, you know, Gaddis has an injury history. McCann's got an injury history. And Beltran's got an injury history. So, you know, I think it's good insurance for them to try to figure out, hey, we need to figure juggling these guys but it also keeps all three of them fresher by being able to plug and play them as they see fit. I mean, they'll, they will probably find a way to play Beltron in the outfield, you know, here and there. Yeah. I don't know why they would want to, but if they're resting somebody else and, or, or there's injury issues, it, yeah, he's old. He, he can play the position, but not it's not ideal. So I think he's going to be the majority DH, you know, throughout. And Gaddis and, and McCann are going to kind of split time behind the dish and maybe give Beltron breathers at DH every now and then. But of the two, I like Gaddis better. Um, McCann... I just feel like his stats have just gone down and down and down each year. And again, that, you know, is partially attributed to injuries and whatnot, but he's just not the same guy that we, that we saw in, in Atlanta. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of numbers he puts up, but I, I going into the year, I do like Gaddis better. Yeah, I agree, and I'll, and I'll keep this one short because you pretty much said it all there. You know, the the time split. I think I think McCann's going to start the year as the primary catcher, but they're going to have to work at it. I mean, look, they're not going to they don't want to take out 32 home runs from their lineup on a regular basis, so they're going to figure out a way to get him in. Um, so whether or not Beltran goes to the outfield and gas DHs or McCann sits a lot more than they think. Uh, than everybody's thinking right now, then uh, I, you know, I kind of think that's the way it's going to go. You know, they're both up there in age, and and I just started talking about how catchers, you know, once they hit that like thirty age, kind of start declining. You know, we've seen that with McCann, although he's still been been able to put up some pretty decent numbers. Although that's partially thanks to Yankee Stadium. Uh, Gaddis is thirty as well, but this guy really didn't start getting, you know, a lot of work until 2013. So he's got a lot less innings behind the plate than the McCann does. So that wear and tear from the catcher doesn't really affect him as much. Um, so, yeah, 
I, I agree with you. I think they're going to have to figure out a way to get Gattis in there, and I think eventually it's going to be that McCann gets a short end of the stick in the, at the end of the day. Uh, so, yeah, I'm 100% on board with you that, that Gattis is going to be the guy to own here. Although, look, they both carry a ton of risk, and I'm kind of staying away from both of them just because, like, man, you you could draft one in the 10th round. That's when, that's when you're going to have to get these guys, and you get burned real bad because one of them – I think it's just going to eventually take one of them. is going to have to take the job. You know, you don't, you don't switch your catchers that often. You don't usually see that. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm kind of staying away from it, I think, but uh, we'll, we'll finish here with our sleeper and bus pick. Uh, I'll let you start here with your sleeper. Yeah. I mean, this was kind of hard just because, because it's catcher. <laughs> everybody just falls into the same realm of, of player. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd really call him a sleeper because he is ranked pretty high. But um, yeah. initially I was looking at Saravelli for the reasons you mentioned earlier. Um, he's not going to hurt your team, but he's also not going to help you much in the power no. Um, categories. So, you know, he's more of a stopgap average guy. You know, he's going to get on base. Uh, maybe he'll steal a base or two. I, I don't know. Um, I also liked Austin Hedges uh, in San Diego, but after looking at his stats, you know, his average is absolute garbage. So, you know, his, his power numbers weren't there. I think he's a double-digit guy, but I'm going with uh, – with with our boy Beef Wellington Castillo, um, yeah. already name dropped him earlier in the show when we were trying to think of uh, uh, Contreras. But I mean, I I love this move for the Orioles. Nothing against Matt Weeters. Uh, I I loved Weeters. Um, you know he he could call a game almost better than anybody in my opinion. Um, yeah. In the league. Uh, you know, maybe maybe right up there with with Yadi Molina, but Castillo is a, a a younger guy. He's he's more more power packed. Um, he's definitely going to be faster on the base pass. I mean, that's not taking much to do. <laughs> it is um, I think <laughs> I, I think an untied shoe, not even on a foot, could run the bases faster than Matt Weeters could, um, but. I really like Castillo. I, I think coming to this this ball club, you know, it's a great uh, it's a great clubhouse team. I think he's going to fit in immediately, and uh, you know, hopefully he gets the majority of the playing time, which I'm sure he will. And you know, I think he can make a difference in this this ballpark. Yeah, that's not a bad one, man. I I, I thought about picking him, but. Uh... My guy is somebody that probably a whole lot of you listening don't know about, and it's Tom Murphy from Colorado. And and look, there's a little bit of risk here because he doesn't necessarily have the starting job right now. Um, a, a lot of people think that, um, wow, I don't even have the other guy from Colorado in my rankings. That's how much I think he's going to do it. Tony Walters is going to be the starting catcher, but look, we – and that's because of defense. But, look, when you look at 
at Tom Murphy and his stats. I mean, they were incredible last year. And no, he's not going to keep up the the rate he hit at last year. It's just not going to happen. He had like a 41% home run to fly ball rate. No, look, that's not going to happen. I know that. But this guy, he likes to hit a lot of fly balls. He plays in Colorado. That's like the best place to try and do that. So that's a good, that's a plus in my book. Um, so look, even if his home run to fly ball rate comes down and even if he only catches, you know, 120 games, I think this guy could hit 20 home runs easy. Um, and there's, he's basically, you know, getting drafted at the back end of, of drafts, if at all, I think in, in a lot of leagues, I'm, I'm trying to look up his ADP right now. Um, his ADP is 231. So, yeah, basically the end of the draft, and he's the 16th catcher going. So in 12 catcher leagues, he's not being drafted. So I, I like him a lot. I mean, if look, if you're, if you're drafting a Yadier, a Yadier Molina, um, fine. But when Yadier Molina has – a single home run after three weeks, um, you might be looking at switching out your catcher and, and going after somebody like Tom Murphy. Um, so that's my sleeper. My bust pick is actually my sleeper from last year, which is kind of funny. I was looking at our notes from last year. <laughs> A.T. Yeah. Realmuto. Um, and look, he was good last year. He was fantastic. Um, but he's not doing it again. And you're going to have to pay for it this year. Uh, you know, he's going to the number seventh catcher off the board um, right around the, what is that? Like the, is that like the at 129? That's like the 10th round ish, right? Round. Yeah. 10th, yeah. 11th so, round. so, you know, you, you're, you're paying for it this year. And I mean, what are you paying for? A three or three average. That's, that's awesome. You're also paying for double-digit home runs, which is which is fine. I, you know, I think he'll be able to to reach that again. Um, but you're also paying for 12 stolen bases from a catcher. Mm, I know this guy ran a little bit in the minors, um, way more than you ever see from catchers. But I'm just not really. I can't – it's hard for me to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to get double-digit steals from my catcher. If he does it again, kudos to him, but I don't think so. <laughs> I read a stat somewhere when I was looking – I was researching him. Somebody wrote that, you know, there was like one catcher or there's, you know, every catcher that has ever stolen double digits, the most that any of them stole the year after was eight. So, like, yeah, cool, you get eight from him, but – you're paying for 12. I mean, that's, that's legitimately what you're paying for. So that's why he's my bus, you know? And even if you look at his average, like his, his average in 2015 was 259. And he was never even around like the 300 range in the minors. So it's just something just seems off with him. I think we're going to see a big drop this season. Yeah. I, uh, I was looking at him as well. And since you already had him written down, I couldn't, you know, piggyback on that one. So I went ahead and went with uh, Yasmani Grandal of the Dodgers. Um, I'm looking at his stats, you know, right now, and 
kind of blown me away, actually. You know how yeah. how how much power he had last year. Um, you know, twenty seven homers and seventy two RBIs, but his average at two twenty eight is, you know, he's not getting on base. He's hitting homers, and that's it. Um, so yeah, that's nice to have. <clears throat> that average kills you. Um, you know, his OPS was was up at 816 last year. So that's, again, goes to show that it's, it's all slugging that's, that's getting in there. Um, I, I do see regression on that. And the, you know, the, the consensus fantasy pros rankings have him, you know, about the same at, at bats, you know, this year from down from 390 last year to 386. Now I, he did have some injury concerns last year. You know, hopefully that doesn't carry over. If you'd like this guy, I just, I, I don't know. He he doesn't excite me that much, and I feel like you know of the guys that are currently listing in the top ten, I'd rather pay down for a guy like Wellington uh, Castillo that you could get probably three rounds later at least, um, and get somewhat close to the power numbers I think, and, and probably have a much better average. So. I, I just I'm not big on Grandall this year. Uh, I think the Dodgers are going to be a good team, but I I just don't know how much he's going to be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, and and just so I want to just back you up a little bit on this one. I I 100% agree with you. I think the power is going to drop quite a bit, uh, probably closer to like the 1920 range. Um, and if you look at his like home runs per month. From last year, I I owned him in a league, and man, I was like, I'm ready to drop this guy. He was batting like below 200 for the first half of the year, almost, and he had seven home runs at the end of June, July, August, October, eight, six, and six. It was like, oh my god! It was like I just I didn't care about the batting average at that point. It was just he was hitting everything out of the park. Um, yeah. And I was looking at his batting ball profile and like, I was trying to see if like, maybe it's just his home run fly ball rate went up. It's funny. It actually went down in the second half than, than the other way around. So maybe it was injury related. He was just hitting a lot more fly balls in the second half, like almost double. So that's kind of mm-hmm. crazy to think about. Like he just stopped hitting ground balls in the, for, in the second half. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a, a bit of regression with him. I, I don't think he's ever – I think he that's a career high for home runs by quite a bit. Yeah, by yeah. 11. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to see some regression from him. So, uh, don't be surprised there. Anyway, um, moving on to first base. Um <sighs> This is a weird position, man. Like I'm used to, you and I have played fantasy baseball for a while now. And you know, we remember back in the day where first base was loaded. I mean, you could wait for first yeah. base forever if you wanted to. Um and you could still get a guy that was going to jack 30 home runs and bat like 260 and you were fine with it. Um Oh yeah. You can't do that anymore. Man, if you don't get one of these top guys, and, I, and I'm talking like maybe top ten, twelve guys, you're gonna be you're gonna be struggling at the position. And even those like 
eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve guys, you're going, eh, I don't know. I, I, I don't want them. I, I want to top based on you know the rankings on on fantasy six pack. I want a top six, well, top four guy, and or number six <laughs> with with uh, Edwin uh, and Carnacion. But I, Vado, we'll we'll talk about in a minute. But I I I think you got to reach for for a guy, and and it's not really reaching because you need one of these guys. Um, you know, it's kind of deceiving too because you got Chris Bryan in here, who has first base eligibility in on some sites. Um, you know, that's huge because he's he's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, most people are most people are going after him for third base. Um, yep. You know, and then looking at at his uh, you know diamond opposite diamond counterpart in Rizzo. Uh, who we got fourth on on fantasy six pack. So, I mean, I love Goldie. I, I went after him with my first rounder last year in my one league, thinking it was going to really pay off for me. And I, I don't want to say he had a down season because he still had a great season, but he he didn't play it wasn't up to I guess the potential. Andrew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so so it was it was down in my mind. Um, the thing you got to think about with Goldschmidt, though, man, is he still steals you a ton of bases. It is, oh yeah, that's crazy. First, thirty-two stolen bases from a first baseman last year. I mean, like that was crucial for you know leagues where a league where first steals are just vanishing. So. Yeah. You got to factor no, that I mean, in. Like the value, like the the overall value, is still there. It just wasn't what you were expecting. You're, you know, you're you're expecting thirty home runs, especially last year where everybody seemed to be just hitting twenty five, thirty home runs, like it was nothing. Uh, yeah, for Goldschmidt, I mean, that too was pretty disappointing. The the problem was that it was it was a points league, and, and I had him a few years ago, the year that he really right. broke out. Um, which I think was 14. And, I mean, he absolutely killed it. And I went in and I, I had the second draft pick overall, and I said, you know what, I'm not going Trout. I know Kershaw's going first. I'm, I'm going Goldschmidt. Because here again, I wanted a top first baseman. Outfielders you can find. I mean, obviously there's not a bunch of Trouts sitting out there all the time, but, you know, you can make up for that in the outfield, I feel like. But first base, I don't know if you really can this year. Um, you know, 32 stolen bases is awesome. 24 yeah. homers, yeah, yeah. you would have liked to have seen him be a 30-30 guy um, and, and maybe crack over 100 RBIs as well. You know, the average was still there at 297. Um, so, so he wasn't hurting you there. Um, over 100 runs wasn't hurting you there. But again, for points, I just felt like I think I missed out because of the homers and maybe the RBIs being down. Um, made up for it a little bit with the steals, but you know, it, it did burn me a little bit. I, I'd still draft him though. I would still look look at getting him, you know, He's still my number one. Late, late first rounder this year um you know if i'm if i'm at the turn pick absolutely i love him there 
Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, him, I, I do like Rizzo a lot too, though. So it's it's hard to – depends on how the drafts unfold, I guess, is, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean – yeah, for me, I mean, I, I still like Goldschmidt a lot. I'm not, I'm not going to knock him. You got to, I mean, like I said, you got to count those steals in, into the strategy there. But again, you know, if you miss out on those guys, I mean, you're you're looking at, I mean, yeah, Carlos Santana, cool, like you know, 30 home runs, but kills the kills the batting average. Um, Adrian Gonzalez, you just never know with him. He's just kind of blah. Um, Eric Hosmer, yeah, eh. Yeah, these guys are just Aegon, not great once you get that far down. Aegon's another guy that's going to be – I mean, he, if he's sitting out there and I'm looking for, like, a good second baseman or corner infielder position, you know, player, I, I'd go after Aegon. He's he's going to keep you there in average. You know, he gets on base. He's he's good. He's just not He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to wait for anything anymore. You know yeah, exactly. He's, I mean, and his homers, his homers are so sporadic too. It's like he'll have months where he blasts ten, exactly. and then the next month he might get you two. He'll have a week or two where he is going to hit the living crap out of the ball. Trade yep. him. Trade him immediately. He's never Absolutely. going to keep up that pace. Dude, two years ago I owned him. He started out yeah. like wildfire, dude. And I was like, hell yeah, I was right about I was right about him. Aegon, I love him. And then uh, nothing. I was like, damn. Complete drop trade, off. Should have traded his ass. That's, that's <laughs> People were I, calling me the, for him, and the, I was like, nope. The season good. I was thinking of, too. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's he did it last year, that's too. That's the player he, like a he week is or two. He had a week or yeah. two last year where he was like, awesome. And it's just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take advantage of it. So anyway, moving on here, um, you know, talked about some guys. We talked about Votto a little bit, I think. Um, yeah, I, I kind of wrapped around him. So um, what are, what are we getting from Votto? I mean, even last year, Votto's season was a, tale of two halves. Um, I mean, he was downright awful. People thought he was done in the first half. Uh, batting 252. Homers were nice at 14. You know, he kind of split 14 and 15 homers, you know, uh, first half, second half. Uh, but everything just turned around for him in the second half. I mean, amazing. He batted over 400 in the second half of the season. Um, I don't know if a lot of people really realize that, but he was downright possibly the best baseball player in the second half of the season last year. Um, it, it was incredible. But, you know, we, we see it from him all the time where he's kind of like, we don't know which one, we're, which Votto we're going to get. You know, in OBP leagues, hands down. I mean, he is king of OBP. is consistently over 400 in on-base percentage consistently that you that's hard to match um you know he but are we looking at a guy who just you know his the big knock on him for years was he walks too much so the counting stats aren't there but last year they kind of were i mean 29 home runs 100 100 runs almost 100 rbi 
um, batting average was incredible at the end of the year because of that big run in the second half. I mean, but is that the guy we're getting? Or are we getting the guy more from the first half? Or I mean, what are you expecting from him? I I mean, I don't I don't see him continuing on a 400 average to start the season. Um, that's just absurd to begin with. So I, I the walks are going to be there regardless. I, I mean, I don't – and surprisingly, he actually had, you know, fewer walks in the second half um, because he was getting on base so much more, I feel like. Um, he, he's still going to help you there. Homers, he was the same, you know, both, both halves of last year, I feel like. So, uh, I mean, obviously post-All-Star is a little bit shorter of a half, but um, – right. I I don't know. I just I'm just too afraid of Vado. I'm afraid of what I'm going to get from him. But yeah. like Aegon, he could be a guy where if he starts this season hot and he's on my team, I might be looking to to dump him. Especially if, you know, the guy with Goldie is not happy with him or you know, Rizzo gets off to a cold start or something like that. Um you know, or if I need help somewhere else and I have a, a good enough backup that I can trust to put in there. Um, I just, I just think he, he's just too, too inconsistent of a player. Yeah. I mean, I, like I, I still and, and it's hard, it's hard to high. call him I, inconsistent. But, right. like, I, I don't know if that's even the right word that I want to use here. Um, you know, overall, in, in 2015, you know, double-digit stolen bases, um, fairly low amount of strikeouts, uh, you know, almost as many we walks never as strikeouts are slightly thing. over. Well, exactly. I mean, it, he, he's going to have a good average. He's going to have the walks. The strikeouts are never going to be there that hurts you. You know, almost 30 homers in 2015. So, you know, he still only had 80 RBIs, though. Right. That's the problem. And that I team's mean, not going to get any better this year. They just got rid of Brandon Phillips. So not that a lot of people like no, Brandon Phillips. But, he, I mean, he was still not gonna have. He's not going to have enough protection around him. Um, and that's what I fear, you know, a guy in my, my dynasty league tried to, I forget who he was trying to pull away from me, but he tried offering me like every one of his Cincinnati Reds prospects it was like Dilson Herrera and two pitchers that I, that I don't even know who the hell they were um, for, for Gene Segura. That's who it was for. And it's like I don't I don't want anything to do with Cincinnati. I just feel like they're they're in complete rebuild mode and now that they don't have Phillips, you know, Vado is their main piece of the puzzle there. Um and if if he's not there, if you get Vado of twenty fourteen with a two fifty five average, uh and granted he only had two hundred and twenty at bats, so that was a big injury year too, but you know, in 220 at bats, he hit six home runs. He had 23 RBIs, and you know, and 
I just I don't I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with the the issue of the injuries and the I, I guess it is inconsistent play. I, I don't know. I mean he's he's inconsistently consistent. <laughs> He's sense. consistent on a year-to-year basis, but he's inconsistent like within the season. I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah, and it's and it's frustrating. It it really is. It's frustrating. Um, kind of reminds me of Adam Jones. Like Adam Jones at the end of the year, you're like, well, did the same thing he always did. But you're like, God, I had to deal with like a month and a half. We did like nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Uh, and that happens every year. So. Yeah, super frustrating that to own. I get it. And you know, kind of, a total accidental segue here, but another Oriole that I want to bring up is Chris Davis. Um, man, I I don't know what to do with this guy. I mean, yeah, he hit 38 home runs last year, but man, it felt like he had a bad year, like a really bad year. And I owned him in our in our league, and I'm not even sure if I'm going to keep him this year. Uh, you know, we only keep four. I didn't. I don't know if I want him. You know, he. I I don't. It, it's an, and it's an as, OBC as a top four guy. I don't. I don't think he can. But um, see, it's an OBP league too, and he's actually decent at OBP. So it's well, kind of like, man. Uh, but God, he hit thirty eight last year. You know, under a hundred RBI, under ninety RBI. Yikes! Ninety nine runs. Um, yeah. Guy just strikes out every thirty yeah. times at the plate, and it just it murders you. You can't deal with it. It, it kills you. I mean, I, I traded for him in my dynasty league. You know, banking on I knew that the strikeouts were there. I knew the average was going to be lower, but I knew that the power was there. And and he crushed me last year with all of those stats. I mean, yeah, the homers were nice, but that's it. That's all you got out of this guy. Right. He's so all or nothing that that it's 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 hard to own him. It's frustrating to own him. I mean, fantasy baseball is a grind. If you haven't realized that, then you're probably still playing fantasy NASCAR or, or something that, that is <laughs> hey, I play not at all a daily <laughs> thing. Fantasy Olympic volleyball that you play every four years for a week and a half. I, I don't know, but it, it's it's a grind. You you have enough things to worry about with managing a team, especially a daily league or a daily roster move league, and to have guys like this that just frustrate you so much. You don't need it. You don't need the added stress. Let it be someone else's headache. Um, you know, I, I'm keeping Davis in my dynasty league because I kind of have to. I, we keep a yeah, ton of people anyway. Like so many players. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absurd. Look, this you guy, know. this guy was up and down all year long. I mean, one month he's 235, the next month he's 210. June was great, 284. You're like, all right, yeah. bouncing back, we're good. It. Oh, he was crushing July, it in June. July 153. Like what? Ouch! Did you forget how to hit a baseball? Um, yeah, you know, uh, two fourteen, two twenty-three. The second half average two hundred, even. I mean, just brutal, brutal. I, I, I have him in my dynasty league too, um, and I'm keeping him as well. I benched him down the stretch because there was yeah, too I many. 
There was way too many. I had to. Over four with three or four strikeout days. And I was getting negative four points from him every single one of those days. I, I couldn't uh, deal with it. Yeah. He, he was like the reason I lost strikeout category. Well, not the reason. I had him. I had Todd Frazier. I had Justin Upton. So I have a ton <laughs> of cake. Yes. Yes, but you did. It's uh, Yeah. I, that was my punting category. But – um, did a really damn good job. 20, 2015, <laughs> though. Yeah, I, I, I aced that test. I aced that <laughs> test every week. It was awesome. Not really. But 2015, the guy is, is, has nearly 600 at-bats, 100 in runs, 47 home runs, 117 RBIs, uh, you know, a 262 average. You know, month to month, he killed it in April at, at, at 268. Not killed it, but was there, like right around what he finished at. Um, start the year. May dropped back below 200. Never got back below that again. Never got back below 250 again. Uh, I mean, so I don't know. So there's I mean, the question. He, he needs who, who to be he? more patient. If, if you look at the funny thing is, though, is he walks a ton. That's why his OBP is pretty good. Um, he strikes out, but he walks a ton. So here's the question. Who is he? Like, is he a 40-home run guy? Is he a 220 batting average or worse? Or is he this 250-260 guy that we saw, you know, a couple of other years? And even before then, like, God, his first couple of years with the Orioles, he was at 270 and 286 home runs. Granted, that's when he was on his Adderall. Um, wow, yeah. Well, he was he, you know, he potentially was, he was back, back on it last year, I thought. I think he was back on it in 2015, I thought, too. Uh, so, or, yeah, I don't see any reason why he would have been off of it last year if he still had the exception. But, obviously, it wasn't I mean, making much of a difference. He gets a good amount of walks. I mean, he's not Vado when it comes to walks, but no, but he still walks enough that his OBP is you know, oh, yeah, well above average is is nice. So, um, I just I don't know. I mean, I he needs to 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 get refocused. Him, him, and Jones both need to stop swinging at balls in the dirt. I mean, they cannot pick up uh, a sinker to save their lives, I feel like. And, you know, I'm nowhere near uh, good enough to be on a major league baseball team. So they're a hell of a lot better at it than I would be. But, you know, you can see it. You can see it in the games when they strike out on these balls and they're just like, great, there's another one. I just, I, I missed that one. Yeah, no shit. You missed it the last time you were at bat and the time before that you were at bat. When every time there's two out? strikes, every time there's every two strikes on Jones, time. I know this isn't about Jones. Look, we're going to vent a little bit because we're both Orioles fans. We watch this crap every single day during the summer, man. Yeah. Every time there's two strikes but, on Jones, it's that little sweeping down and away pitch. And you're like, it's coming. Don't swing. And he does anyway. And you're like, ah, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the biggest reason why I got rid of Adam Jones in, in, in our keeper league. And I was like, I couldn't stand it anymore. Uh, anyway, back to back to the point at hand. Chris Davis. Yeah, I think he can rebound think, a little bit. I think the average will come I up a little bit. Can. I don't think he's a two twenty hitter. I really don't. 
but he's not good. Um, he's no, not he's a be- good he's contact hitter. He's better than 220. He's absolutely yeah. better than 220. You know, give him 224, 225 maybe. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think he's legitimately – he can be a, a 240s, 250s guy. And if he's sitting around there and he can crack that 40 homer mark again, I think I'm okay with it. You know, RBIs are, are there. Um, you know, you'd like to see him a little bit higher. But, you know, I mean, it's it's so hard to to argue with 30-plus home run production because there's not yeah, almost a lot 40. of guys that do it. But moving on, man. So talking about another guy who could potentially hit a ton of bombs. uh, I'm going to guarantee that over half of the people that listen to this show have no idea who this guy even is. And I'll, and I'll be honest with you before I I was on my fantasy pros rankings and I was like, who in the hell is Eric Thames? And then I looked him up and the projections for this guy are astronomical. First off, he hasn't played in the major leagues since 2013, and it was minor league baseball, okay? Um, He was not good, folks, not good. And he went over to uh, 2013 for the Mariners. Oh, okay. I'm looking at Um, 2012. Sorry, he did play some major league ball in 2012, a little bit in 2011 for the Blue Jays and I believe the Orioles. Um, yeah. So he went over to Korea, you know, where the ball flies out of the park and he crushed it. And apparently the people that do the projections, steamer and, uh, like zips and people like that, they love him, love him to the point where they are projecting 31 home runs, 76 runs, 89 RBI, a 272 average, like what? Um, this is a guy that, if, if, and I'm reading the article from Fangraphs, and it's it's awesome because it's exactly what I I needed when I was trying to look up this guy. Um, he when there's a, a a part in here where they talk about he walked every or he struck out every six times for every walk he took. <laughs> That's not good. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna compete very well in in Major League Baseball. Now he got re-signed by the Brewers this off season. The Brewers let Chris Carter go, so they obviously think they have found something. Not that Chris Carter was great, but dude, the guy still hit 40 plus bombs last year. I mean, like he he's valuable. Um, I don't really know who Eric Thames is gonna be this year, but I have a very tough time believing, and I don't think. Uh, I'm alone. A lot of a lot of the experts are not ranking Thames very very high. Um, in fact, if you go to the ADP list on Fantasy Pros, he is not even on the first base list. So that's pretty funny. Or no, actually, you know what? He is an outfielder there, but he's, he's going to play. Yeah. He's going to play first base. That's what it is. But he's listed yeah. as an outfielder. He's going to play first base though. So, um, so yeah, kind of kind of confusing that I'm talking about him here because he's not first base ranked, but he's gonna play first base, so he's gonna get it. Um, his ADP is 232. 
Man, it's tough for me to believe those projections are right. I mean, like, what do you think about this guy? Real quick, then we got to move on. I mean, the biggest thing that I took away from the article you put up there was the ISO projection. I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's with elite people at an average with a two seventy two projection, slugging at five fifteen, <laughs> and an ISO of two forty three, which is, uh, I believe, above league at league average. Um, Oh uh, yeah, just a little. Uh, bit. I mean, yeah. you you've got Giancarlo, Mike Trout, Arenado, Bryce Harper, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Davis, Josh Donaldson, Chris Bryant, Manny Machado, and Eric Thames. Wedge sorry, right in the middle of them is right Eric in Thames. the middle of Davis and Donaldson. <laughs> I mean, excuse me. I I don't understand how you can bring this up. I mean, this is a guy, they're projecting a war of 2.5. 2.5 for for that. I mean, that's you feel nothing. Like it should be you, can find, you can find a guy with a, 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 you know, three, three and a half war that you don't even have to draft. I mean, you're going to just pick that guy up off of the waivers and he's going to come in and, and he could get you potentially, you know, uh, maybe not a 272 average, but maybe um, he's not touching that slugging. But what are you basing that on? You're basing it on minor leagues where the competition is not really competition. And then you're basing it on and the KBO Korean play. I mean, the KBO, to me, to me do you remember this who guy everybody could, loved last year? Do you remember, do you remember who gonna loved? Say, Yep, this guy to me is this year's Byung Ho Park. Who, by the way, is not and on a baseball team anymore. He's not. I was just trying to look for him on ESPN. I'm like, where was he? <laughs> he was in the minor leagues. Like he he came up with Minnesota, and then he got sent down because his average was garbage. He could not hit. He could not get on base. He did have a few home runs. Um. But that's what that's what you were looking at. You were looking at this guy being like this next big thing for home runs. I mean, I hope he lives up to these these stats. That'd be fantastic. If you don't pay attention and then you grab them late as a sleeper and, and you reap the benefits. But until you're here playing, you know, three years in the major leagues, I don't I don't care what you did in, in Korea, I don't care what you did in the minors. Well, I do care what you did in the minors a little bit because at least you're here. Um, so that's that. That's my take on it. I, I'll sorry, I, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta correct myself. He is on a major league team. I read that the Twins waived him, which they did, but he cleared waivers, so then they just sent him to AAA. <laughs> But I mean, so, they, yeah, were ready to get, they were ready to get okay. rid of him. Basically, they were like, "Bye." I was going to say, I have uh, him in my dynasty league, and he's still, you know, shown in Minnesota. I thought, but I don't yeah, know. It's been a while. He, he's going to be in the minors. So, all right, man. Real quick here, sleepers and busts. Uh, my sleeper is going to be Justin Bohr. Um I feel like I'm really 
liking the Marlins or hating the Marlins in this one. But uh, Justin Bohr, you know, he was he was playing really well last year, and then he got hurt, uh, came back, and I think he played decent when he came back. I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to him when he came back from injury. But, you know, he was having a really solid season. And I just read something earlier today that, that uh, <clears throat> the Marlins are going to give him the regular first base uh, innings. So that's a good sign for him. They, they, you know, the coaching staff believes in him, so he's going to have every chance in the world to you know, kind of repeat the beginning half of the season he had last year. Yeah, my uh, my sleeper is actually right behind your guy here. I'm going, you know, a little bit of homerism here, but I'm I'm going with Tommy Joseph. Um, you know, he came up last year and and he showed good power, good control. I mean, he he had a decent average of 257. Um, and here again, that's only in three 315 at bats. Um, you know, just under 50 runs in that time frame. So, you know, I see him getting you know easily mid 400s at bats this year so the runs i could see you know the projections on fantasy pros they're showing only 60 but i could easily see him getting up closer to 70 at the full season home runs um you know home runs i see him getting you know mid 20s i i kind of agree with that um now the average will probably be about the same, you know, maybe maybe up into the two sixties I could potentially see. But I like Joseph this year. I think he's gonna he doesn't have to deal with Howard, so he's good. Yeah, that's a that's a solid pick, man. Uh my my bust for the position is actually gonna be Hanley Ramirez. And you know look I Hanley Ramirez has all the talent in the world. We saw it last year. Um and you know, we've seen it in years past. But the fact of it is that this guy is injury prone and he didn't really get injured last year. And that made a huge difference in his overall counting stats. And that's what we got was a full season from Hanley Ramirez. Finally, Um, the odds of that happening again, just don't seem very high. So I kind of don't, I've never drafted Hanley Ramirez because of the injury concerns. And I don't think I ever will. Um, And this year is no different. And he's going fairly high. Um, it seems like the experts are ranking him on fantasy pros a little bit thinking, you know, that there's a huge injury risk. So, you know, but the ADP I think is, is still relatively high on him because of last year. And, and, and I'm not paying that price for him. I'm not paying, you know, fifth, sixth round draft draft price for him. That's what you're having to do to get Hanley Ramirez. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Hanley's always been an injury issue. You know, it's it's one goofy rounding of a base away that that he's out for you know a month and a half. So uh, I I like that pick. Uh, my pick, and, and it may be kind of surprising because of the stats that he put up last year, but I'm I'm gonna go with Jose Abreu. Um, I love it, dude. What's that? <laughs> I love this pick. I I think he's. He's bound to have a down year. Um, I mean, he, he hit 293 last year, uh, had 100 RBIs, 25 homers, and 624 at bats. I mean, that that's a lot of plate time. Um, you know, they're projecting him for for 
50 less at bats this year and more runs at 75. He had 67 last year. A couple more home runs at 27, just under 100 RBIs, and adding in a stolen base. So he's not helping you in steals. No. Average, they're, they're looking at the same. But look at this team, though. Look look what they've done in this offseason that we already talked about. They've traded away their best pitcher. They've recouped a bunch of young pitchers. They've got some solid infield help with Mancata, you know, as a, a, a nice prospect get. This team is in rebuilding mode. So mm-hmm. I just don't see a lot of protection here for, for Abreu. Uh, you know, aside from Todd Frazier, who's been another trade talk darling this year, this off season. So who knows if he'll even be there when, once the season finally starts, I, I think that he will, but those are the only two guys that scare me on that roster. And if you can pitch around them and not have to worry about them and, and you know, then you're good. Yeah. So I, I, I just think Abreu and Frazier has first base eligibility still in some some setups uh, apparently, but um, I just I think Abreu's going to be this could be the year that that is his down year. I think he's going to have have I some mean, growing pains. A to say, man, but like honestly, could be his down year. Like, dude, he's been going down since he got to the majors. Two years yeah. ago, three years ago, that was his best season, 2014. So yep. we've just seen it go down and down and down. And you know, last year they were supposed to be a good team, and then I know they he, were supposed to contend. And... Twenty less runs than the year before, and yeah, I mean, sixty-seven runs is, is that's not awful. That's good brutal. at all. I mean, twenty-five uh, homers, I, I'll take a hundred yards. Well, the average RBI, is nice, especially. The average, the average is nice is awesome. for first base too, but yeah, oh, yeah, it's 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 easy to see. But you, you can find that average out. somewhere. I love this. Uh, I love this pick. It was one that I was thinking about doing, but I just uh, I wanted to to do Handler Ramirez, so I was really glad you picked Abreu. But all right, man. Well, that's all we have. Um, next week, I believe we are doing. Let me look at the schedule been a while since I've looked at it. I believe we're doing shortstops and second baseman next week, right? Is that what we decided? Yes, yeah, second base and shortstops yep. next week. So this is going to be an interesting one. Usually it's a, it's a little bit uh, <laughs> this, this one's This one could get a little long next week, I think. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys to talk about at those positions now, which is not like we're used to seeing. So... Yeah. Uh, make sure you tune in next week to get all your, your information from those positions and hope you enjoyed uh, the show tonight and see you all next week. All right. Have a good night.